Tonight I'm going to be sharing with you a message that God gave me a little while ago uh, entitled True Life. True Life is something that God kind of dropped in my spirit a little while ago uh, because I was not living the true life. (laughs) You have life and then you have true life. Why not live the best life, the best, the absolute best that God has for you? Amen? Why not? It's there. It's free. Jesus has already done the work. Why not live the best life that you can live? But there are some things that you have to do first. It's not just, hey, I'm a Christian now. I'm going to go to church. Now I'm living the true life. No. There's some other things that you have to do along the way. Let me, let me read my scripture first. Uh, Psalms 25, 4-5. Show me the path where I should walk, O Lord. Point out the right road for me to follow. Lead me by your truth. True life. Lead me by your truth. And teach me. For you are the God who saves me all day long. I put my hope in you. There's some things in there that I'm going to talk about. But I'm going to talk about the true life tonight. Okay? My wife and I were, uh, we went to a family reunion, the Skiles family reunion. And it's, and it's, a, it's, a, it's like three days of craziness is what it is, if you know my family. Um, but we were going to Jefferson City. And see, when I moved to Joplin in 1992, I had a roommate that was my cousin, and we would, go to, we would go to Jefferson City and go to his dad's church because my, my parents lived in Little Rock, Arkansas, six and a half hours. His lived in Jeff City, so we were closer. We would just go over there. So I knew how to get there. But I would, my cousin would navigate, and I would drive. And he would say, here, turn right here. Turn right here. Big red barn, turn right here. And so I didn't really pay attention, but I knew where I was going. Okay, um, so we were going to have the, the very first Scouse family reunion, and uh, my wife is the navigator, Cassie. She's the beautiful navigator God has put in my life to keep me on track. <laughs> I've, I've always said, I've always told people, whenever we got married, I was two weeks behind and she was two weeks ahead, and we met right in the middle, and God made it work. <laughs> So she's the navigator. And before cell phone, before we had the navigation on our cell phone, she used to print off the papers and say, okay, now okay, now you turn right here and you turn right here. And she would guide and direct me and we always got there because I like to drive in big cities. St. Louis, Kansas City, Dallas, wherever we go if it's a big city, I love getting in there and mixing it up. I like riding bumper cars too. And that may be a connection right there. I don't know. But I like driving in big cities. People look at you like, where are you from? And they see my Missouri tag or my Texas tag, wherever I'm from, and I just whip over and from. I'm dotting in and all that traffic. It doesn't bother me. She doesn't like driving in traffic. She just likes to go on her little way. But she navigates perfect. Okay, you got 10 seconds, or you got two miles here coming up. You're going to need to be over here. She gives me directions beforehand. Over here, you're going to need to be over here. And I love that about her. But this particular trip, we were going to Jeff City. So it was like, 
she got, she said, okay, I got my, I got my Google Maps up on the phone, and I'll just put it, where's the address? And I was like, hey, I know where Jeff City is, okay? I know where it's at, all right? Put your little Google down, and it's okay. A little bit of pride coming out, maybe. <laughs> so, uh, we, we started down to Jeff City, and it's, it's north, you know, you go on I-44. Uh, what I didn't realize is that things had changed since I had been there last. And there was a road that now connects to where you don't have to go through all the little turns that I know. Though all the ones that I know and, and where I need to go. Where I know, where I can see the, uh, the, the landmarks, the big red barn and Camdenton and all the things. that You don't have to go through all that anymore. And the roads are changed up a little bit. There's one road that goes through the whole thing now. And so... What happened was, I was still seeing familiar things, still seeing, does anybody else do that when you drive? You're like, okay, I remember that, I remember that, okay, yeah, yeah. Well, I started to see things that I wasn't familiar with. <laughs> I didn't, I was like, oh, oh, well, that, I might have remembered that, I don't know, but I, but I started seeing things that I didn't remember. And by the time I said, hey, uh, honey, could you, could you get that Google back up and see where, see, put that out, I'll give you the address and we'll put the address in there. By the time that came around, we were out of serv- we were out of range. We didn't have any service. Good one, Jeremiah. <laughs> the family the family reunion was going on. People were calling. My phone was blowing up. Hey, where are you guys at? And uh, trying to be Mr. Cool, I just said I just said we're, we're on our way. We'll make it. And finally, I had to call somebody from there and say, "Where am I?" Had to give them some land. They said, "Okay, you're going to get on 54. You're going to go this, do that, do that." But um, we, had to, we had to make a commitment to go to Jeff City. We had to make a commitment, us two together, to go to Jeff City. And I had to listen to her. I didn't at first, but then I did. Once we got to where we could get some service, we got wound around and got the right place. So... And she didn't hold it over my head at all. <laughs> Maybe just a little bit. But I'm going to be speaking about true life tonight. And to live the true life in God, you have to have commitment, number one. You have to have trust. And you have to have action. Okay? There's my three points. If I don't get to all of them, it's okay. It's going to be all right. Cassie will give me some kind of sign or something to go back, go back. But it'll be okay. Commitment, trust, and action. Now, when you talk about commitment, the first step is deciding to go in the direction that God is wanting you to go. Amen? Um, And commitment... I can't just, in a, in a marriage commitment, I can't just, I can't, when I married my wife, I didn't just say, okay, we're married now, and now I'm going to go live with my parents again. That's not commitment. I'm going to go over here and just live over here with this group of people. That's not commitment. Commitment is being together and knowing each other and, and being committed to the relationship. That's the way it is when you, when you decide to follow Christ. Commitment. You have to be committed to the relationship. 
You have to understand where God is when you... I think I'm getting some feedback on this. I'm going to put it down. Our commitment involves word, word time and prayer. Now, there was, a time, there was a time in my life where I was uh, not read. I, I would read the Bible, but God wanted me to be more committed to His Word and, and, and to understand what His Word says. Okay? And He wanted me to be... He, wa- he was drawing me into more of a commitment and more of an understanding of who I am, the true, the true person of who I am. Just like, just like all of you, the true life is, is individual. It, it's, it's true for you. It's, it's who God is calling you to be every day. It's not some off, off in the distance thing that you're like, maybe I'll get there one day. No, God is calling you to be, a, to be committed on a daily basis. And, and to have that commitment, you have to read His Word and you have to understand what the Word says. And I know sometimes that's hard, especially over in Habakkuk. But it's... it's <laughs> And some of the minor prophets and some of the and some of the Old Testament gets really gruesome sometimes. You're like, what is going on here? Everybody has three wives and all of this stuff is going on. But you have to understand and commit to understand what God is trying to tell you. I wake up every morning, and I didn't always do this, but when God started calling me in, when I started feeling a stirring to, to understand God more, he said, You need to take time, son, and work and w- before work. I, I was the type of person, I would get up just in time to grab some breakfast and be out the door and have to speed 80 miles an hour all the way to work. But God was calling me to more. He start, I started feeling a stirring, and I'm like, okay, God, what do I do? And he said, you've got to know my word. And I said, God, I went to Bible college. And he said, yeah, I know. <laughs> he said... I know you went to Bible college. I was there. You need to learn my word even deeper. You need to get the understanding of what I'm trying to get in your life, specifically for who you are, the true Jeremiah, not the one that everybody wants me to be, not the one that just because I'm a pastor's kid, just because my name is known for being a pastors and preachers, the God said, you have to be Jeremiah. You have to be the true Jeremiah who I'm calling you to be. And that may be difficult at times. You may have to do some things that you don't, you don't understand at the time and you don't want to do. It's got to take commitment. Commitment to that daily word. Every morning I have a porch swing out in my front yard and I get my coffee. Now I don't rush off to work anymore. I get up an hour early, and I just sit out there. And it's been so nice the last couple mornings. It was hot. And then in the mornings, the sun's behind my house, so it's nice. The shadow's right there. Oh, I got my coffee and my word, and there's old people walking, and stuff going on, rabbits playing. But it's just nice. It's the calm before the storm. When I would get up and rush out, I had no time to prepare for the day. And then things would happen, and I'd be like, oh... Somebody in them roundabouts cutting me off. Oh, that's not happening. We need to learn how to use the roundabouts. Amen. That's just a little tip there. G- Google it. It's on there. But, but what I'm trying to say is that I ha- God was trying to show me something about myself that was just to me. You may be able to read the Bible at night and get something for the next day. I, I needed to wake up in the morning and have the calm before the storm. 
before something happens during the day, I needed to be and understand what God is trying to tell me to do for that day. And so I would get up and I would read. And I read the New Testament twice because I didn't want to read the Old Testament. And then I read the Old Testament and I found out that there's some awesome things in there that I, that I hadn't learned before that God revealed to me when I was reading. That morning, something that just stood, I was like, oh my gosh, I've never, I've read this a thousand times, but I've never read that part of it before. That didn't make any sense. Sometimes it connects like Pastor Josh was saying today. He prays before and makes that connection in worship with the Word. Commitment. We had to be committed to put in the destination and listen. The Holy Spirit is like navigation. The Holy Spirit never guides you wrong, not like Google. <laughs> My wife and I were driving the other day, and we had our, the destination plugged in, and we were, uh, the, the road was trees on both sides. And she was telling us, turn here, turn here. In three minutes, turn, you know, you know how she does. You guys use navigation? And all of a sudden it said, you have arrived. And I was looking around, and there was nothing there. I was like, what? We've arrived at what? And so, but the Holy Spirit will not do that to you. The Holy Spirit will guide you and direct you. In 30 minutes, you're going to be under too much temptation. You need to exit right now. The Holy Spirit will prompt you. You ever, you ever get that feeling when you know you're about to do something that's not right? And you get that feeling and you get that swallow like, hmm. Something's going on here. That's the Holy Spirit saying, exit now. Or that's the Holy Spirit saying, stay true. Stay on the path, or he's telling you to exit. You got it. When you, when you commit to the Word of God, and when you commit to understanding, he's going to tell you, and you're going to get to know that voice a lot better. A lot better. You're going to get to know that voice, and you're going to say, oh, 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 wait, 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 there's something coming up. Wait, I need to... My wife and I were, uh, and, and the cool thing is, when I started getting in my word and I started praying, she got convicted and she started doing it too. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. I love you, honey. She started getting in her word too. And you know what? God has revealed so much more stuff to her than he has to me as far as our future and where we're going. And I have to listen to her. That's awesome. She's my help me. But this certain time, it was January. It was the beginning of the year, and we were, you know, preparing ourselves for the next year. We're gonna. I had a job that I was kind of frustrated with, didn't like, and uh, uh, she said, "I don't know, Jeremiah. I've been reading my Word, and uh, God's kind of dropped this in my spirit. Um, all things new. <laughs> Thank you, honey. All things new. Behold, I make all things new in Revelation. Behold, I make all things new." And I was like, all right, that's awesome. A new year, you know, new beginnings. We're going we're gonna to begin to, something's going to change. And what we didn't realize is that in January, I lost my job. I got laid off my job. And we had just moved into a house. And I was like, wait a minute, the Holy Spirit already told us this because He said, I'm going to make all things new. That's what I'm saying. When you begin to commit your time, 
whenever it is the best part of your day, commit that time to what God is trying to tell you to do, then He's going to warn you and He's going to tell you when something's coming up. I didn't, I, I didn't fret. She didn't fret. She's a worrier too. She didn't fret and she didn't say, oh my gosh, what are we going to do? We didn't jump, you know. But we calmly was like, God already told us that this was going to happen. He already told us it was going to happen. Something's coming. He said, something's coming. Be prepared. He doesn't always give you all the details, but he said, prepare yourself because something's coming. And when it came up, we didn't freak out because we were committed to that time in the morning. It's very important. Or at night, whichever time you get. Maybe it's at lunchtime. But you have to be committed to that. When my son went in the Marine Corps, I have a 22-year-old son, and when he was 19, he decided to join the Marines. That takes commitment. <laughs> and if you're not ready to commit, they will make you commit. Has anybody been in the military? Hey Amen. Any service soldiers out there? He had to go to Kansas City three times. His commitment level was, he had to be committed to that relationship, to, that, to the government. I wasn't ready for that. I wasn't ready for my... 19-year-old baby boy to be taken away from me, but he was committed to it. When, you, when, you're, when you're an athlete, you have to be committed to the beginning to work out and to make sure that your time, your, 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 your body is in, is in physical form before you get to the competition. You have to be committed beforehand. And then when you show up, that's when you can perform. You, but you have to be committed first. When God's trying to tell you to do something, you have to be committed to His Word to move forward. Next thing you have to have is trust. When you're committed, then you have to trust who God is putting in your path. And I have a bunch of family here, and when God, in 2000, I got divorced, and God put the Engel family in my life. And I just started showing up and eating dinner. <laughs> they had five or six kids. I don't know. I just kind of showed up. I played up there and got in line, you know. They didn't know. But you have to trust who God is putting in your life. And you have to listen to what they say. He had to give me some hard advice, and I had to listen. I had to take it. He's, he wasn't even my dad, but, I, but he was like a father figure for me that God had put into my life and helped me through a lot of situations that I couldn't have got through by myself. He's got, a, he's got an understanding above what I have to help me through some of the situations that I was in. Because when you get divorced, there's two, there's two different groups of people. Your friends and her friends. <laughs> and her friends... You figure out, do not like you anymore. It's, I didn't even do nothing. It's not my fault. But you have two, two groups of people, your friends, her friends. It's all weird when you get together after that. But they took me in. I had to trust that God was putting the right people in my life. Fast forward a little bit. I was married to Cassie, and I was frustrated. Frustrated, not with her. She's a doll. She's always been a doll. I love her. I was frustrated with life, frustrated with the way things were going, and, and, and everything around me, just, it just frustrated me. Like Pastor Josh was saying today, I was drawing my water. 
I, w- I wasn't living the true life. I was drawing my water up instead of, instead of letting God do what he was wanting to do in my life. And, and, and I went over to Grandma and Grandpa Diltz's house, and I was, just had to pick something up or something, I don't know. And uh, I said, will y'all pray for me? Grandpa, Grandpa and Grandma Diltz, I don't even know if they remember that. I was like, would y'all pray for me? I was 42 at the time, and I was like, I'm just so, I'm just so frustrated. And uh, I said, I haven't even started ministry yet, and I, d- I don't know what. To-. And Grandpa Dill said, I, I didn't go to Guatemala until I was 45. <laughs> and he started praying. I'm telling you, they hugged me up right there in the garage, and they started praying over me. Grandpa Diltz led out, and uh, he got done, and we- there was a short pause. And Grandma Diltz said, oh, patience, patience, patience. <laughs> And I was like, no, I don't want to hear that right now. I don't want to have patience, God. But I had to trust what God was doing in my situation. He puts people in your life that you have to trust are there to guide and direct you. How do you know? Because you've got to commit to that time in the Word and then know the Holy Spirit is leading you and those people come in and they guide and direct you and they pray for patience when you don't even want them to. Trust. You have to trust sometimes. Could I have that flashlight and frame now, please? Right over there. Thank you, sir. Um, you have to trust that God knows what He's doing. Leading you by the power of the Holy Spirit. Understanding His Word every day. Because sometimes God will give us a little just a little glimpse. Thank you, sir. And a flashlight. God will give you a little glimpse. I ain't doing the frame right now. Don't worry about it. It'll be in a second, okay? <laughs> God will give you a glimpse of what He's calling you to do. Amen? Y'all see that light? Sometimes God will give you a glimpse of what he's calling you to do with just like a flashlight. What, what can you see? You can't see anything but what the beam is showing you, right? It's singular. Thank you. Turn it back on. We, we, wanna, we want to trust God, but we don't always want to trust him for everything around us. We see what God is trying, trying to show us. Hey, I want you to do this or do that. And we see it singular. We see it with Oh, I can do that, God. I, I, I want to do that, God. And, and then we start getting stingy. We say, God, I want that husband. God, I want that wife. God, I want that church. God, I want that car. God, I want that house. And we can't even trust God to take us through the process to understand his word and to understand where he wants us to be. We st- we're stingy. Flashlight gospel. <laughs> I want that. That's what I want, God. And all the time, God is trying to take your flashlight. This is good sometimes. You can see in the future. Oh, God, you want me to pastor this? Oh, okay. But sometimes God takes that away from you, and he gives you this. Okay? You say that's the same thing, Jeremiah. It's a light. Duh. (laughs) Listen. 
What is different about this? What can you see now that you couldn't see a while ago? A while ago, the flashlight was, was just one thing. It's pointed at one thing. <clears throat> okay, thank you. Bring it back up. What this does, what a lantern does, and this is what God is trying to, this is what God showed me. This lights up who we are. It, it, it lights up everything around you, but it, it lights up who we are. And, and the light shines in us what God wants us to change. God's like, I'm calling you over here to do this and, and to understand me, but you can't even change the things inside your life that I'm trying to get out. There's some things in our lives that we need to cut out. There's some people in our lives that we need to cut out. There's some direction in our lives that we need to cut out. But we won't see it unless we have the lamp of God. The, the, what does it say? Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Do not depend on your own understanding. Seek His will in all you do, and He will direct your path. He's going to light up everything in you that needs to change. We have to be committed enough to do that. We have to trust that God is lighting up the right things. We know that God is lighting up the right things. There's some attitudes that some of us have that need to change. Like, like Pastor Josh, I'm preaching to myself today. There's some things in our lives that we need to change. And how, you say, how do you change? You change by letting those people around you speak into your life and help you to understand what to do next. What has God shown you today? Has God shown you bad attitudes that you have? Or maybe a bad person that you're hanging around with? Sometimes there's people at work that you just need to avoid. I ain't saying be mean to them. I'm just saying, hey, how you doing? Be cordial. But I can't hang around with you. You tell dirty stories. I can't be hearing that. I can't hear that stuff. I have to put on the mind of Christ every day. You, you don't understand. I, ha I have to be this way. Because sometimes there's people that get put in my path that I have to witness to. And I got to be on. I got to be living the true life and be on my game to understand what God is telling me to do. Because the Holy Spirit will speak to you and say, you need to pick that guy up that's walking on the side of the road. You have to be careful when you do that. <laughs> but when the Holy Spirit speaks to me to do it, I will do it. I like honesty. I picked a guy up one time, and it was Sunday morning, and he said, hey, is there a liquor store around here? I like honesty. At least he was honest. And I got him some biscuits and gravy and, you know, put him out down the road a ways. But anyway, sorry, I'm getting bunny tracks there, bunny trails. Um... True life. Trust. You got to trust those people around you that are in your life for a reason. It's hard to put, it's hard to let your, uh, to let your life be put in somebody else's hands to listen to them when they're trying to tell you something, when you know it's from God. You have to trust that what God is telling you to do is right. That goes back to being committed and knowing what God is telling you to do. See, sometimes people use an excuse of, well, that's not my personality. 
Anybody ever use that excuse except me? It's not my personality. I don't have to do that. Wrong. God says, I will use you in whatever way I want to use you, and it doesn't matter what your personality is. See, in Jeremiah, it said God made you up and knit you in your mother's womb. He knows what you are. But me as a sanguine, that's a personality type, an otter or a sanguine, I'm, I, I, I'm not very confrontive. I, 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 don't, I don't do good with confrontation. That doesn't mean that I haven't had to do it with the power of the Holy Spirit guiding and directing me. That doesn't mean I haven't had to speak into somebody's life that they didn't want to hear it. It was confrontational. And I had to call some things out on some people. Not because I wanted to, but because it was the furthest thing from my mind. I don't want to do that. But God was speaking to me and saying, you better, you need to tell them this. And I couldn't get it off my mind. I couldn't get it off, I I, I couldn't get it out of my spirit. You better better obey if God's calling you and telling you to do something. You better obey because it's just going to come back around and it's just going to come back around until you obey. Don't use a flashlight. <clears throat> Unless the power goes off and you know you're in a situation. But I'm talking about spiritually. Don't be just don't just see something and say, God, that's what I want. Don't be that way. Let God bring those things into your life in his time, in his the way he's wanting to let you do it. <clears throat> God's timing is perfect. It's perfect. He knows what he's doing. We have to trust that. The third part is action. Number three is action. Psalm 129, 23 through 24. Search me, O God, and know my heart. Test me, and know my thoughts. Ooh, there's a good one. A lot of us can show that we're doing the right thing. But how's our thoughts? How is your thoughts? Point out anything in me that offends you. Remember that? What would Jesus do a while ago? Lead me along the path of everlasting life. Point out those things in me. Know my heart. Sometimes it takes action that we don't want to do. Can I tell you a story? In the year 2000 is when I was um, divorced. And I didn't want to hear from nothing or nobody, Christian, secular, anybody. It was the worst time in my life. The very worst. But there were some things in my life that God, that God was pointing to that was offending Him. And He said, Jeremiah, you got to get rid of that. You have to get rid of this. 
and you have to start living like I'm asking you to live. And I ignored it for a long time. I ignored it. I don't want to hear that, God. I'm a good Christian. I went to Bible college. <laughs> God, I have a degree. <clears throat> God said, Jeremiah, that offends me. <clears throat> and all of a sudden, things came unwound. Life fell apart. Divorce. Single parenthood. It was the worst, the worst time ever. I remember specifically, and this, this is something that God told me yesterday. I don't know if it's for somebody specifically, but if He brings it out this way, it usually is. I remember the feeling of numb. Even when I went through the divorce, I still functioned as a human. I still functioned and did my daily routine. But everything inside me was numb. Numb. I couldn't feel anything. God wouldn't speak to me anymore. He wouldn't talk to me. I was numb. And I was trying, I was a, I was a, uh, a youth leader at the time. I wasn't the youth pastor, but I was a, a youth sponsor. And I was down on my knees with my hands up, looking so holy in church and youth and the youth service. And I remember God whispering to me, You might as well get up, because I don't accept anything that you're doing. See, I had pushed so far out that God didn't even accept my worship anymore. That's a bad, bad, bad place to be. And there were several warning signs that I would get. Holy Spirit trying to tell me, Jeremiah, you, you got you to take the exit, Jeremiah. This may be the last one. You got to take the exit. You got to understand God loves you, but God's justice has to be satisfied. And when you continue and continue and continue to ignore what God is telling you to do, then you're in a dangerous place. I'm not saying there's no way back because, hello, I'm here. <laughs> but there's a dangerous place that you can be where God doesn't accept your worship anymore. It was terrible. And after I was, after I was married, I took Cassandra. How did I meet Cassandra? Because I committed myself to doing God's work. I didn't go looking for a wife. I said, God, I don't want a wife. If this is the way it's going to be, I don't want to be married again. You can have it. But I committed myself to doing God's work. I trusted the people that He was putting in my life. Boom! <laughs> I had no... I had to take action. I had no right to ask out a girl that's 10 years younger than me. I had a kid. I had no right, but God would not leave me alone about it. And He was speaking to her the same way. And she has been rock steady in my life. Even when, I, even when we got married again, still had baggage. Still had some things hanging on me. 
that I was like, oh, I'm free now. Thank you, Jesus. Battled with addiction for years. Even when I got married again, I still had issues. And she's rock solid. Not that she doesn't make mistakes. Not that she's perfect. But you know what she did? When I would come to her and say, look, I'm struggling. I need, I, I need help. She would say, I'm struggling too. And it was a beautiful thing that God did. And he brought me back from where I was to where I am now. You might say, well, Jeremiah, where are you at now? I'm here. <laughs> I'm living freer than I've ever lived in my life. Why? It's not my wife. It's God brought her into my life. It's because of God. It's because the Holy Spirit guided and directed where I was supposed to go. And if I hadn't listened, if I had listened to the people I worked with or listened to other influences that I didn't know what was right and wrong, then I would be somewhere else. But I'm living freer now than I've ever been. Thank you. You may say, do you still have issues? Oh, yeah. I always got issues. Everybody's got issues. But because I have a confidant and I have several friends of mine that I can go to and say, hey, look, let's just be honest. I'm in a struggle right now. And if they're your true friends, they won't say nothing to nobody and they'll sit there and pray for you. And they'll say, you're better than this. That's what she tells me. She says, you're better than this. I know you struggle, and I'm struggling too. That, she made it so welcoming to understand where I was coming from. She said, I'm not struggling with that, but I'm struggling with this. And I was able to help her. She was able to help me. And it was a beautiful thing. Thank God for good wives that will call you out and keep your feet on the right path. And not nag you and say, when are you going to get things straightened out? She helped me. That's what, the, that's what it means to help me. That's what it means. She helped me. And now, I'm getting ahead of myself. I had, a, I had a vision one night after we were married. And it was, a, it was a vision like the brother was talking about today. He was tied up and chained up. Same vision. Except for there was nobody else there with me. I was down in a pit, on my knees, chained to the floor. This is after I was already flipped the script and I was, I was living better and I was making headway. And God gave me this vision of the pit. I was down in the bottom, chained up. I'm like, God, why are you showing me this now? I was down there, chained up, couldn't move. Alone, dark and scary really tall, couldn't get out if I had to. And all of a sudden, I felt the presence. I felt the presence of an almighty God walking around in that place. And he had a key on his robe. The key had a big T on it that stood for truth. True life doesn't mean that everything is going to be fine. True life means that you're going to struggle and you're going to try, you're going to make the best you can of it. 
The key had T on it. It stood for truth. Jesus said, Jeremiah, get up. He unlocked that key. I got the truth, baby. Come on. I got the truth. He said, I have the truth of who you are, the truth of who I want you to be, the truth of everything from now until the end of your life. I have it. And I, was, I felt so relieved when in, the, in, the, in the vision that I had. I felt so free. I was like, yes. And Jesus had me come on up out of the pit. I, cl- I climbed out of the pit. And he said, okay, you're free. Know the truth, and the truth shall set you free. And then he and I was all ready to go. I was like, yes, I'm free. Yes. And then he said, hold on a second. He said, go back, go back to the pit and look over the edge. Went over there and looked in. There were thousands of people down there. Literally thousands of people. And I was down there alone. There were thousands of people down in there. God said, go get them. (laughs) Go get them. I have made you free. You go make one person free. They make one person free. You see how this works? Live like I'm telling you to live. Live the true life. Understand what I'm trying to tell you to do. Live the true life. Those three things working together make the true life. Commitment, trust, and action. That last one's action. God said, go get them. Don't be afraid. You may have to get in some people's face sometimes because they're doing things that I'm, that, that I'm, not, that I'm not loving. Point out those things in their life. I'm going to use you to point out those things in their life now. And he has a couple times. I get scared still every time I do it, but I'm like, okay, Holy Spirit, we're going to have to do this together. Hold my hand. We're going to have to do this together. Those three things, working in the same order, commitment, trust, action. I have this frame up here, and I was looking for other meanings of the word true. Truth. I know the truth is the truth is the truth. It's, it, it's the truth. It's easy to understand. But I, I wanted to come at it a different way. Okay? I was in construction for two years. Light construction. This frame is true. When they build a building... When they call something true in construction, it's that frame right there. It's this building. And what that means, catch this now, this has to be three things for it to be true. Three things. For this frame to be true in the construction term, it has to be three things. It has to be level right here. It has to be level across the top. It has to be plumb. Plumb is this line going down this way. And it has to be square. If those three things work together, square meaning these two make a 90 degree angle. If those three things work together, it's true. You can call it true. 
It, and, that, and that's in any building. Ask David Yates, he'll tell you. In any building that they build, it has to be true. Those three things. Listen to this. The Holy Spirit is your level. He keeps you on the level in your daily walk. He keeps you on track, on level. God the Father is the plum. He is everlasting. He goes up and comes down. He is everlasting. He does not change. He stays the same. What's the third thing? Square. Has anybody ever, have you ever owed anybody money and they say, let's get squared up? What's that mean? It means you get level. You get, you get even. Who made us even with God? Jesus Christ made us, paid our debt, and He made us who we are in God. He makes us square. When all three of those things work together, it makes you true. True to who you are, true who God is calling you to be, and true to everything you're supposed to do for the rest of your life. Come on, somebody. Man. That hit me like a ton of bricks. I was like, God can even speak to you in a construction site. That's awesome. I love speaking the word. I, I, love, I love preaching. I'm not very good at it, but I love to do it because everybody has to listen to me for a little bit. But I, I, I want us to pray tonight. If the, if the worship team would come on up. Uh, my wife's going to sing. But I, but I want us to pray tonight. Listen, if any one of those things is wrong, if any one of those things is off, then you're not true. You're not being true to who you are and who God has called you to be. And I'm not saying perfect. Because always in a building project, there is an architect. Who's the architect? It's God the Father. If the architect comes in and there's something wrong, he doesn't just start ripping it down. He helps you correct it, right? That's what God does for us. But it all has to be true. True. True to who you are. True to who you're going to be.